from Jeremiah chapter 18. Uh, I want to talk to you this morning on the subject on the subject of marred but made again. Marred but made again. Jeremiah chapter 18 and verse 1 says this. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house. And there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house. And there he was making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Look at the clay in the potter's hand. So are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Look at the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. You today, you and I, are that clay. He's speaking here to Israel, of course, literally. The message was to, to them. But this message is to you and I today, ladies and gentlemen. You are clay in the hands of the potter. We're marred, but we're made again. Father, we thank you today for this opportunity to be in the house of God, to worship you. Thank you for your precious spirit that we sense and we, we feel in this service today. We're asking that the Holy Spirit will move upon every heart and upon every life that you will, that you will open our hearts and open our ears and open our understanding to receive what the Spirit of the Lord would say to us today. God, we just ask you to take us as your as, as, as this lump of clay and put us on your wheel today and mold us and shape us and make us into the men and women of God that you desire for us to be. And we give you the praise for doing it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Marred, but made again. If you're familiar with the... Uh, the book of Jeremiah, which is one of my favorite. Jeremiah is one of my favorite Old Testament prophets. I love them all, but I just love the, the book of Jeremiah. And if you're familiar with Jeremiah, you know that he was referred to as the weeping prophet because the heart of this man of God was broken as he looked upon the spiritual condition of the people of Israel. When he looked upon his people and he saw their sin and how far they had drifted from the Lord, it broke his heart. It caused him to weep for them. He preached to them and uh, tried his best to, to give them and did give them what God had given him to preach to them. He did everything that he could to call them to repentance, but it seemed that all of the efforts that Jeremiah made to bring God's people to where they needed to be with God, to bring them back to God, all of his efforts were in vain. For the people continued to go on in their sin, to live the way they wanted to live without taking any heed whatsoever to Jeremiah. He was, you know, when you look at the ministry of Jeremiah, some 40 years that he ministered in Israel and prophesied under several different kings, 
And uh, for 40 years in all of his prophecies, he never, he never won anybody to the Lord. Nobody would receive him. They rejected him. They rejected his, his ministry. And Lord, you know, to, in today's, in today's, under today's standards, he would have been probably classified as a failure. He didn't seem to have much success in the ministry. But can I tell you today that he was faithful to deliver what God had given to him. And so in the eyes of God, yes, he was very successful. I think that every preacher at one time or another has stood in that place that Jeremiah was. Pastors stand before congregations Sunday after Sunday and preach the Word of God and teach the Word of God and plead with people to leave their sins and leave ungodliness and to give the Lord Jesus first place in their lives and to totally dedicate themselves to the Lord. But you know what? Many, many... That, that there are that set those services unmoved and go on living their lives as they please, unaffected by the gospel message that is preached. You know, we're supposed to be, according to the Bible, not just hearers of God's Word, but also to be doers of God's Word and to heed to the Word of God. Thank God there are those, though, who listen and who hear and who heed the Word of God. But there's so many today, it seems like, that are unmoved or unaffected by the gospel message. And that is what Jeremiah faced in his life. So God sends Jeremiah on a little journey. And he tells Jeremiah to go down to the potter's house. He said, Jeremiah, I want you to go down to the potter's house and see what he's doing down there. And I'm going to teach you a lesson as you watch the potter working with the clay. So Jeremiah listened to the Lord. He goes down to the potter's house and he watched the potter as he was at work. He saw the potter as he took a lump of clay that had no form or shape whatsoever. And he placed that lump of clay upon his wheel and began to spin that wheel around and around. As that wheel was spinning around and around, the potter took his skillful hands and placed them upon that clay and molded that piece of clay into a vessel, into shape. He began to, to mold it and shape it into a vessel that was useful for his purpose and for his work. Soon the vessel that the potter was molding was finished. And Jeremiah looked in amazement as how his skillful hands could shape that vessel, uh, to, could shape that clay into that useful vessel. And I'm sure Jeremiah thought, man, that is awesome. What a beautiful vessel that is. It looked really good to Jeremiah. But surprisingly, the potter said, no, there's a flaw in it. It's not the way that I intended it to be. So Jeremiah watched as the potter crushed that vessel in his hands. He put the clay back on the wheel and began to spin it around again until he had made it into a vessel that totally and completely satisfied him. God was showing Jeremiah that Israel had been chosen of God. Here was the lesson that he was teaching to Jeremiah. Israel had been chosen of God to be that useful vessel. But because of their sin and because of their disobedience and because of their rebellion against God, 
the vessel had been flawed and it needed to be made over again. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. There are some wonderful lessons here for us. Even though this story and this lesson was given to Jeremiah to give to the people of Israel, there are some wonderful lessons for you and I here this morning from this particular message. God has a wonderful plan for our lives. But we have been flawed and we have been marred. But you know what? The good news is this. No matter how marred or flawed our lives may be, God can still take us. And God can still shape us. And God can still make something good out of us and use us in the kingdom of God and use us for His glory. Can I get an amen? That is good news today. See, God has a plan for your life. How many knows that? God has got a plan for every one of us that are here today. You were created by God and put on this earth for a purpose. You're not here by accident. I want you to get me here today. Amen. You're not here just by a mere accident. You have been put here for a purpose. And God has a purpose and a plan for your life. When you were conceived, even before you were conceived, God had a purpose and a plan for you. And He still does. Amen? David writing the psalm in Psalm 139. David said this of the Lord. He said, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Do you see what David is saying? That God knew David when he was still in the womb. And God had a plan for David when he was in the womb. As a matter of fact, if you'll read the first chapter of Jeremiah, you'll find that Jeremiah, God called Jeremiah when he was still in his mother's womb to be a prophet to Israel. That ought to be one strike, one big strike against abortion today. Amen. Because God knows you before you're ever born. Amen. And He has a plan and He has a purpose for your life. And I want you to know that it is a good plan. He said this, Jeremiah said this, or God said this in Jeremiah 29 and 11. This is a favorite scripture of a lot of people. Everybody knows Jeremiah 29 and 11. But notice what God says. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for what? He said, my plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and to give you a future. Isn't that awesome? God wants to do something good in your life. He's got a plan for you, every one of you, and that plan that He has is a good plan because God is a good God and what He plans and purposes and proposes for your life is a good plan. David said in that, in that verse of Psalm 139 that all of his days were written in God's plan book before any of them ever came to pass. God had already made a plan for David's life. And let me tell you something today, abundant life. God has a plan for your life. But you know what? It doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that it's just automatically going to come to pass. We play a part in fulfilling the will of God and the plan of God for our lives. I don't believe that God has just predestined everything for us. 
going to happen, whether we, whether we do anything or not, or whether we take part in it or not, we have to find the will of God for our life. And we have to walk in the will of God for our life. Amen? That's why we're to pray and seek the Lord every single day. Lord, show me your ways. Show me your will. Fulfill your plan in my life. He's got a plan for you, ladies and gentlemen. But you know what? We still have a free will. And we're still free moral agents. And we can turn and walk away from that plan that God has for our life. And as being a free moral agent, God will allow you to do that. Oh, He'll grow you. He'll convict you. He'll deal with you. But the choice belongs to you. It belongs to me. Whether we walk in the plan and will of God for our life. He said, I've got a plan for you. I want to make you into a vessel of honor. I've got a good purpose for your life. And so it's up to you and me today to find what that plan is. And get in line with that plan. And let God lead and guide us the way He wants us to go. Oh, He's got a good plan. And a good purpose for this church, for your life, for your family. We need to find out what it is and walk in it. Come on, somebody. Say amen today. Amen. I don't know the specific plan for each and every one of you here today, but I do know that God, from the Word of God, has a general plan for your life, and He's told us in the Bible what His plan and will is for us, for every one of us. And you know what that is? Number one, His will, His plan for you is, number one, to be born again, to be saved, to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. His plan is for you to be washed in the blood of Jesus and have all your sins forgiven. God wants you to live for Him. That is His plan for you. He wants you to live for Him a godly holy, separated, sanctified life. He wants you to live according to this book and this Word and be obedient to the Word of God. That's God's plan for you. You know what else He wants for you? Oh, hallelujah. He wants every one of you after you're saved to be filled with the precious power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. He wants you to be filled with the Spirit of God and filled with the Holy Spirit power. He wants you to be a part. Here's another part of God's plan. He wants you to be a part of a good, Spirit-filled, Bible-believing church. Come on, somebody. He wants you to be a part of the body of Christ and be a part of a good local church and attend that church and, and support that church. You know what? Those are some, those are the main plans God has for your life on earth. But He's also got a heavenly plan for you. Because the plan for your life is this. As long as you follow Him and live for Him and, and, and keep your faith in His Son, Jesus, He's got a plan to come and get you one of these days and take you to heaven. He's already got a mansion prepared in glory. He's already got a place in heaven for you. Oh, hallelujah! He's got a plan for you to walk on the streets of gold and live eternally with Him and the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. It's a good plan. A plan to bless you. A plan to prosper you. A plan to do good for you. A plan to supply your every need. God has a good plan for His people. us to be a vessel of honor, sanctified, 
Paul told Timothy, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. That's what he plans for us, to be that vessel of honor. That's what I want to be. That's what I want this church, every one of you, to be. When I pray over this church and pray for you, I pray for this church uh, on, a, on, a, on a continual basis that God will mold every one of us into the, to the individual Christian believer that He wants us to be. That we'll grow in grace and we'll fulfill the call of God and the plan of God in our life. So that's what I want for my life. I want to be in the plan and will of God. And to be what God wants me to be. And that's what I desire for you as well. Is that what you want today? You want to be, you want to be made that vessel of honor, amen? Well, there's a problem. Here's the problem. This is God's will for us. This is God's plan for us. But the problem is this. That we often mar the plans of God. We often do that. Now, I'm speaking for myself. I know I've done it. And I'm sure everybody, I see a few heads going like this this morning. I'm sure every one of us, and listen, this is the fact. Every single one of us has, has, has marred, has flawed, has, are flawed and have marred the plans of God many times for our life. Those wonderful plans and purposes that God has for His creation have been marred by sin. We all know the story when God created the heavens and the earth in the book of Genesis. He, he created Adam. He made Eve from the rib of Adam. And Adam and Eve were placed in the most beautiful garden paradise. There wasn't any sin there. There wasn't any sickness there. There wasn't any poverty there. I mean, they were placed there to live forever, to eat of that tree of life, and to live eternally. But you know what happened? They yielded to the devil. They, they faltered. They failed. They sinned. And since the day that Adam and Eve failed and fell in that garden, the earth has been stained. All of the earth has been stained and has been marred by sin. Paul tells us in Romans 5 that when Adam sinned, that sin entered the world through Adam. And Adam's sin brought death and death spread to everyone, for everyone has sinned. There's not one of us in this building today that can sit there and say, well, I'm exempt from that. I have never sinned. For the Bible tells us that all of us, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. When you think about what God had prepared in the Garden of Eden, what God had today. When you look at the people, uh, those that are homeless, those that are, that, are, that are on drugs, reeling down the street. When you think about those young people today that are addicted to, to heroin, to meth, this 
fentanyl crisis is getting so out of control today. And it doesn't seem like our leaders want to do anything to get a handle on it. But fentanyl is killing our young people. Drugs are overtaking and overrunning this country today. When you look at the people today that are that are away from God, that are lost, that whose lives are being wrecked and ruined by sin, you know that lives have been marred. Lives have been marred and the plan of God for so many's lives have been ruined by sin and by Satan. Amen? The Bible says that this whole world lies in wickedness and all of society has been marred by sin. Even our bodies today, even our bodies today are aging and becoming marred many times by, by disease. Sin, let me tell you something today about the life. Sin is a hard taskmaster. Sin will take years off of your life. As somebody said, which is true, sin will take you farther than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. And it'll make you pay more than you want to pay. Sin and disobedience has marred so many promising lives. When you think about different ones in the Bible that had promised that had a promise of a good life with God and how they marred their life as this as this vessel was marred on that wheel of the potter. You think about Saul. You know how that he was the he was chosen by God to be uh, uh, the king, the first king of Israel. He had a promising future. He had a great start. But Saul became disobedient to God and went in his own way and fell away his life, became marred, and he lost out with God. You think about Judas, how that he was one of the chosen apostles of Jesus Christ and followed Jesus for three and a half years. He preached the gospel. He healed the sick. He, saw, he, he heard the teachings of Jesus and saw the miracle working power of God take place in so many people's lives. But because of covetousness, Judas sold out and sold the Lord out for 30 pieces of silver and wound up his life was ruined and wrecked and marred by sin when he yielded to the powers of darkness. Let me tell you, there's a devil out there today, folks, that is doing everything he can to destroy people's lives. That thief has come to kill and to steal and to destroy. But thank God Jesus said, I come that you might have life. Jesus Christ. 
And that's the good news today is that God can remake us. He said in that fourth verse that the vessel that was made of clay was marred in the hands of the potter. So he made it again. Notice that. He made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make. The potter's the one that's in control of that when that clay is in his hands. He made it again into another vessel as it seemed good for the potter to make. George W. Truett tells of a story of talking with a man who had gone into the depths of sin. This great preacher of the past, Brother Truett, asked the man when he was talking about how sinful his life was. He said, if you could see Christ today face to face, if you could talk to him right now, what would you ask him to do for you? The man never hesitated, but he immediately replied to Dr. Truett and said, Sir, I would ask him to make me over again. Ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you today that is exactly what Jesus Christ wants to do for every one of us. Everyone whose lives have been marred and ruined and wrecked by sin. The good news, here's the good news, here's the good news. And this is what I thank God for every day. The vessel was marred, but the clay didn't get thrown away. Can somebody say that? I said the vessel might have been marred, but it didn't throw the clay away. Hallelujah. That clay was taken. It looked like a good vessel, but the potter saw flow in it. The potter saw that it wasn't just right. So he took it and smashed it. And he flattened it out. And he threw that lump of clay back on that wheel. Crushed it together. And began to work again until he got the vessel that he intended for that to be. Hallelujah. He made out of that clay the very vessel that he intended for it to be. I want you to know today this is the most glorious truth in this story because here it is. Even after all of our faults, even after all of our failures, God will make us over again if we surrender to Him and give Him a chance. God is the God of the extreme makeover today. Come on, somebody. Woo! Man, that already excites you today. Amen. You remember that? It was a long time ago. That show you still on TV, Extreme Makeover. Anybody remember that? The reality show? It takes somebody that was a mess. <laughs> Amen. And they, they would take them and, and uh, it would show what all they'd do. They'd give them plastic surgery and they would give them Botox. I don't know. They'd just, they would put them on an exercise routine and a diet and different things. And they'd take them to hairdressers to redo their hair and redo their face and redo their makeup. And their family didn't see them while all this process was going on. They didn't see the gradual changes. But then, then when they were all done, remember the reveal? They would reveal that person to their family. Many times they didn't even recognize them. They weren't the same person, but they looked totally different because they had had an extreme makeover. Amen. Hallelujah. They, they had a, a spinoff of that show. It was a, a, about houses. How they would do extreme makeovers on houses. Anybody want to do one to my shed at home? 
my share needs an extreme makeover. Amen. But, 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 but my point is renovation and restoration. How they would take and make a, a, a make a person totally different than what they were. And listen, man can do that on the outside. Or they can make you over on the outside and make you look like a different person. Oh, hallelujah. But I'm telling you, I know one that can do a extreme makeover in your life on the inside. He can change you from the person you are to a brand new man, a brand new woman. That is what God does in our life. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. He is the God, not only of the first chance. I know some people say, well, I've, I've failed the Lord and I've, I've tried to do right, but I failed Him again and I've failed Him again. Oh, I'm here to tell you, He don't throw the clay away. Come on, somebody. He'll take you and put you back on that wheel if you let Him do that, if you want Him to do that. He's the God of the first chance. He's the God of the second chance. He's the God of the third chance. He's the God of the fourth chance. And if you won't quit, God won't quit. If you want to be what He wants you to be, He'll not give up on you. I said He'll not give up on you. You may be marred, but He will remake you into a vessel of honor made for His use and purpose. Oh, I want to be what He wants me to be. I want to be the man of God He wants me to be. Do you? Do you want to be that man or woman of God that He wants you to be? Amen, brother Wade. What we was talking about a while ago. Amen. Let me tell you, God's got you back on the wheel. God's putting His hands back on you. Oh, you may have gotten flawed physically. You may have been flawed through a stroke and through different things. But I'm telling you, He's not throwing that clay away. He's not finished with you yet. He's got you back on the wheel. Putting His hands on you and making you that vessel longer He wants you to be. Woo! Hallelujah. I feel like shouting today. Amen. That's the miracle. See, thank God for this fact that He did not take that vessel and look at it and say, it doesn't meet my specifications and throw it in the trash. I've done stuff like that get something that don't work right and just throw it away. I probably threw away a lot of good stuff that could have been reworked. But God doesn't do that. He took it. Yeah, it's flawed. It's marred. But you know what? I still see, this is God said, I still see some potential there. I think I can redo that. I think I can take care of that flaw. And he just throws it back on the wheel, smashes it down, spins it around again. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I'm on God's spinning wheel. There used to be a song about the spinning wheel going around. But I feel like I'm on that, that, on that spinning wheel going around and around and around wondering, God, what are you doing? What's going on in my life? You know what God's saying to me? Oh, hang on, Rick. I've got you on there spinning you so I can put my hands on you and shake you and mold you and remake you into what I 
want you to be. Oh, I'm going to tell you, I'll be the first one to tell you today. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not perfect. I'm far from perfect. Amen? And none of us in this place are perfect. And God wants to put every one of us back on that wheel every once in a while. And, 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 and smooth out the falls and the, and the bad spots and the madness. What He wants us to be. Don't ever give up, ladies and gentlemen. Don't ever stop believing God. Don't ever give up. Because He has a plan for you and He will remake you and do everything that is necessary to fulfill that plan if you will cooperate with the Lord. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. And that's what He saved us today. Don't despair. Because I can turn your mess into a miracle. For where sin abounds, grace did much more abound. I can hear him today as he's saying to you and to me today, I will restore the years that the locust and the canker worm and the palmer worm have eaten away. The things that Satan has stole from you. The things that Satan has done to your life. And the devil tells us, well, there isn't anything you can do about it. That's just the way that it is. But I hear the Holy Ghost saying to you today, oh, just give God another opportunity. He wants to put you back on that wheel and change you completely and totally, totally change you. I hear His promise today, ladies and gentlemen, that He spoke through Isaiah when He said, Come, let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, and though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Oh yeah, but Brother Rick, you don't know what's happened, what I've done with my life. It doesn't matter. There's not a sin that's too ugly or too wicked for the blood of Jesus to wash away. Come on. There's, there's nothing that you've done that He will not forgive and change your life and make you new. But I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. Get back on the wheel. Get back on the wheel and let Him mold your life. Give Him praise. Give Him
new birth is. It's a change of our life. Old things have passed away. I was talking about that yesterday. Old things pass away. All things have become new when that person is placed in Christ Jesus. You're a new, you're not that same old lump. You're not lumpy. Amen? You're molded. You're fashioned. And you know what? We're on that wheel. We got to stay on that wheel all our life. Yes, we do. Because he's continuing to mold us and to shape us and to make us into the image of his son. Right? That's the plan. That is the total. You want to talk about predestined? That's what he said we were all predestined as believers is to be conformed to the image of His Son. And you know what? When that trumpet sounds and we go to be with the Lord at the rapture of the church, at the resurrection, the, the first resurrection of the saints, we will be just like Him for we shall see Him as He is. It will be completed. But ladies and gentlemen, until that happens, as long as I'm here on this earth, as long as you're here on this earth, He's got to shape me and mold me and transform me and change me. He said that we would be not that He said don't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. He's wanting to change you and me every day and make us more like His Son. Won't you give the Lord a praise today? For that's the plan. That's the plan of God for your life. For my life. For each one of us today. So, listen. Have you failed him? Have you sinned? Have you slipped? Have you fallen away from the Lord? You've made a mess of your life. And the devil even tells you that. That's what the devil likes to do. He likes to get us in a mess and then just stomp on us and condemn us. If you've made a mess of things, then the devil tells you that, well, God's done with you. God's through with you. Your life may have been crushed. Your life may have been ruined. And I don't know where you are sitting here this morning. But I can tell you this. I don't know what you've done. I don't know what's in your life or what your past is. But I can tell you this. You're marred, but you're not thrown away. I said you're not thrown away. God wants to come and get you back on that potter's wheel. You're not. Listen, you're not a total loss. And God says if you'll get back on that wheel, just get back on that wheel. Let me spin you around a little bit. And let me, and this is what I love, let me put my hands upon you. And if you'll do that, God says, when I lay my hands on you, I'll touch you again and remake you and reshape you into who I want you to be. He wants to do that for every one of us. The clay has no power to shape itself. The clay can't tell the potter, this is the way I want you to make me. Praise God. It's as it seems good to the potter. 
I think Paul even said that, does the clay have power over the potter to say, why did you make me thus? No, we don't tell the potter how to make us. We put ourselves in the potter's hands and let him shape us into what he wants us to be. And I can assure you, the image he wants you to be is that of Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a, there's a song. I think maybe we've sang it here in the past. But it came to me to, this morning as I was just looking over my notes and I looked it up. But it's a song that says he didn't throw the clay away. And it says, empty and broken, I came back to him, a vessel unworthy, so scarred with sin. But he did not despair. He started over again. And I bless the day he didn't throw the clay away. Over and over he molds me and makes me into his likeness. He fashioned the clay a vessel of honor. I am today all because Jesus didn't throw the clay away. Oh, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for not giving up on us. Oh, we want to be like you. We know you have a great plan for our life. You're not finished with us yet. You're not finished with me. You're not finished with this church. You're not finished, Lord, with Rick Wade. You're not finished with anyone so part of this church. Your plan must be fulfilled. And although we have failed many times, Lord, I pray that you will take us today. We put ourselves back upon the wheel. And Lord, make us over again. Make us over again. Put your hands upon us today, Lord Jesus. And remold us and make us. Take away everything. Smooth away everything that is, that is, that is marred and flawed from our life. Forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us. And make us pure in your sight today. As we yield ourselves to you. In the name of Jesus. Oh, worship him today. Worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They're going to sing something this morning as, I, as they do. I want you to stand with me today. I feel like that I've preached today what the Lord's given me. And I feel like it's, it's to each one of us today. All of us, ladies and gentlemen, all of us have those flaws and those failures and those, <clears throat> those bad spots that we need. We need Jesus to put his hands on us again and remold us and shape us and change us. And as they sing this morning, I'm opening these altars today, this altar area today for you to come. I'd like to pray with those today who would say, and I would, I would, I would hope that it would be all of us that would say today, yeah. Pastor, oh yeah, I want to get back on that wheel. I may have drifted from the will of God, but I, I want to come back today and I want Jesus to reshape my life and make me more like Him.
He's not going to throw you away. The only, the only, listen, the only thing He's asking for us today is to yield ourselves to His hands, to the hands of the Father. And just tell the Lord, here I am. I want you. Just remake me. Change me. Mold me. This is what I want. I'm surrendering everything to you today. That's consecration. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. As they sing, let's come forward this morning. Let's find us a place. Stand around this front today. And let's lift our hands toward heaven. And by our coming today, we're saying, I'm giving you my life today, Jesus. Make me more. Make me more. Make me more.